Welcome back, folks, to Bits on Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, a man who thinks about gym bending way too much, and a vault tech boy, Dan Masters, with my good friend, a man who lives in beautiful chaos, and a man who'll be in the background as an extra in American History X2. Well, if you're human, Will, how you doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm doing well, I'm doing well. You, you mentioned that, and I, not to, not to get too uh, R-rated for our North American listeners, but I am currently shirtless. So yes, very... <laughs> And with the shape, very head. American history X at the moment, and not to mention the enormous swastika tattoo on my chest. Yeah, of course. I thought that was a given. I, I assume people just knew that anyway. So I didn't. I think that was well, worth you, mentioning. You, never, you always get you get new listeners every week, Dan. You want to make sure that they they yeah, know true. the full scope of what they're dealing with. Yeah, absolutely. That's true. Yeah, I'm sat here in a uh, I'm sat here in a wife beater because it's because uh, <laughs> I'm fucking burning alive in the 21 degree heat because <laughs> we're just not built for this. So. Yeah, Will, as you may not know, folks, Will is the kind of guy who either has a full white man's afro a la Bob Ross or it seems to be completely <laughs> shaved. There's no kind of... You never seem to have, like, a style. It's either complete mop or just all gone. Well, I, I, I did for a while. I subscribed to that skin fade back and sides and then big moppy on top type thing. Oh, okay. But, yeah, I had a had a, had an image crisis and uh, and just shaved it all off. You know you know those sorts of things that you just get in your head? You think about it one day, and until you do that thing, you can't... You'll never stop thinking about it. And I've had it a couple of times, specifically with shaving my head. Did it, like, I don't know, 10 years ago or whatever. And again, like, I don't know, maybe four months ago, I started thinking, you know what, fuck this hair, I want to I wanna shave it all off. And it got to the point of you're you're late to the party, though, Dan. I did this maybe two months ago, so now I'm in the I'm in the horrible midsection. Ah, oh, terrible. Where That's it's not fuzz. shaved, yeah, and it's just yeah, just a bit fuzzy and like like I'm like I'm a four year old and <laughs> my parent, which probably exactly how I looked when I was four. Yeah, my mum thought, fuck it, just cut it all off and let it grow back. Yeah, so I'm it's, the same. It's hats, hats all the way down for me. I'm the same as you. I'm a complete slave to my whims. I always have been. <laughs> Tattoos, haircuts, girls, cho- clothing choices, uh, fucking everything. I yeah, I'm the same. I get that Stop. one idea in my head, and I'll just go. Oh, I'm doing that now. Then I, 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 my my beard is the same. I just decided one day. Yeah, maybe I'll grow a beard, and that was it. I've had a beard ever since. There was no, <laughs> there was no fashion behind it, no reason behind it. Same with all my tattoos. Some of them are really, really articulately planned out, and then some of them I kind of go. Oh, that look all right, and I just book it and get it done. That's it. <laughs> but I think that's a good way to live, you know, within reason, depending on what those whims are like. Because that's that's otherwise that's how you get regrets if you don't follow your whims to an extent. Yeah, of course. Uh, people, Sarah says to me all the time about my tattoos. What what's going to happen when you're seventy years old? I said, well, I look really fucking cool at seventy years old as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I don't want to like. I'm going to have more things to worry about when I'm 70 than my fucking tattoos. Like, can I actually go to the toilet without assistance? Or can I walk and stuff like that? I'm not going to be thinking, oh, I should never have got that big Riddler question mark tattoo on my arm. Oh, well, I better go shit into this bag. No, I fucking don't give, I'm not going to care. I love way more important I, things I to feel, care about. I feel like you're overstating how uh, decrepit the average 70-year-old is. Yeah, maybe. But again, it was just the number I picked. So I'm either good, underselling good number, them or 70. Yeah, I'm either underselling them or overselling them. But that that was just a random number in my head. Like I said to you before, I plan on living to be 125, so it doesn't bother me. I'll still be spry as hell at seventy. 
<laughs> You'll still still be out playing Sunday League. Hell no, because that's pointless. <laughs> Why would anyone play recreational? We can't get into a whole recreational sports debate, but they're just so dumb. I, I, sorry, I can't be doing with it. <laughs> I hate recreational sports. It's so stupid. You're either a pro or you're playing at a f- or you're at least playing at a very, very good Sunday League level with actual players who look like they can play. Not the classic, you know, guy who has 17 pints and four pies at, at half-time. It's it's a sporting equivalent of of larping, isn't it? We all we all mock the larpers out there with their fucking wooden swords and their foam shields and that, but no no different to Gaz out there doing the Ronaldo stance on a on a wet Sunday morning before he takes his fucking free kick and skies it over the bar for twenty five yards. There's like six people watching because like no one's to go, dude. I'll give I give I'll give Larpers more credit than recreational sports people. Seriously, <laughs> honest to God, I if you said if you said to me you can have so from like say footy season so like September to May you can go September to May you have to go Sunday league every week or every two weeks you have to go Larping. I would pick Larping every single time, every time. Fuck Sunday league footy and like recreational sports, man, they're so bad. Absolute bunch of fucking heroes out there thinking they're Ronaldo or fucking Messi or something. It's like, what are you doing, mate? Like, you know, you work part time at Hearing Impaired Centre. What the fuck you took? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but 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 that that's that's the thing. I think I think I think rec sports can be amazing, providing you know everyone on your team and preferably the other team as well is completely an understanding of of. What you what's happening and what you do? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. like for, fortunately for me, the the hockey teams I've played on have by and large been people who completely understand they are middle aged, unfit men who just want to have a bit of fun and play some hockey and you know play games rather than just dicking about together. It's when you get like you say your proper fucking weekend warriors out there with his fucking 150 pound boots on that he's just bought from Sports Direct, like thinks he's fucking Jack Grealish, like. Come on, bruv. There's no no need for that. And if if you take recreational sports seriously, you're a fucking mug. If you are as you should be, smashing down three points at half time and going out and being a dickhead, then yes, that is more than acceptable. And that's the issue for me. There's there's too many of those that I've seen before that just made me sour on the whole experience. I never once had that. I, I barely read many. I barely played many recreational sports anyway, but any time I even kind of chipped in from mates or something, it's, oh, you know, we're down a guy, can you come and, you know, we'll just stick your centre-back or something, just do a shift. Yeah, all right, no worries. And I just, every time I just be thinking, what the fuck is this? And there's always the one guy who I just think, I hate you, you absolute wanker. <laughs> what are you doing? And that one guy would always sell me on the experience. Yeah, and, and, and that's a tough thing, because as much as, you know, you can get... A team or like you know people in a league who are on that page of like it's just a bit of fun let's go out and have a laugh it is unavoidable to find someone who has that attitude towards it that's like yeah I'm the fucking nuts nuts I'm the don of the the <laughs> of the East Kent <laughs> Sunday League Division Three sponsored by Parker Steel <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> I was the best. Like, I was the best player the Dog and Duck Second Eleven ever had. Great, well done, mate. <laughs> Put that on your fucking obituary. Still, still, still down the pub on Saturday afternoons talking about this quality penalty you scored in the Year Six House Cup. <laughs> 
That's so true. I fucking everyone listening to now, if it's fucking Billy Cocky or Rec Forty or whatever, you know who we're talking about. You're li- you're now sitting there going, yeah, that's fucking John. That is Jesus. <laughs> you know who we're talking about. You know that guy, uh, the guy that ruins it for everyone else because he's a hero. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fantastic. Let's move on to some incredibly sad news for me, Will, as David Krejci, maybe the most underrated, one of the most underrated players in the NHL, has decided to go home to the Czech Republic. I, I love what he's done. He's, uh, I know he's like 38 games away from a 1,000, and he's just said, no, no, I'm doing this for my family. I've accomplished everything I wanted to accomplish, and he's doing it for all the right reasons. So Godspeed to him. And leaving a bit of a hole there for the uh, for the Bruins, which we'll talk about when we get to the free agency chat. But what a player! Like smooth as silk. Hell of a player, and, and yeah, I, I absolutely love when any team, any sport, whatever it is, if you're if you're a declining star, not necessarily a declining star, an aging star, you think you've got a couple of years left in you, and you go back and play for your hometown team or play in your home country or whatever always got time for that especially when you still have the skill to do it at the highest level I think that's a, you know it's one thing to do it when you know it's fucking September the 3rd and you haven't got a contract offer and you're suddenly like oh I'm gonna go back to wherever but yeah to do it like you say height of your powers less than a season's worth of games away from a massive milestone yeah power, power to him hell of a career hell of a career underrated player I think as well it's a um, it's a very David Creature way of doing it just no kind of big fanfare, just an Instagram post. Cheers, guys. See you later. And that was it. Just just cool, calm, like, take care. Bye. <laughs> and that was it. No video, no nothing. And I... Uh, thanks, for, thanks for all the fish. Yeah. Thanks for all the memories. Thanks for all the fish. Thanks for that cup. And uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll catch you guys later. We are, of course, negating the fact that there's a fair chance that we'll still be talking about him in 10 years playing because he'll probably be like Yaga. Because he doesn't have to like... If you haven't got that speed to lose, you can just keep playing, can't you, until you're that age? Because you haven't got to... If you can find those kind of like pockets of space like Krejci did... I always thought Krejci, you know, like Teddy Sheringham. You know, he was he would just seem to yeah. stand and have space. And you're like, how did you get space there? You, he doesn't have to burn past people. He just kind of found the little gaps. And I could absolutely see Krejci still playing another four or five years, to be honest, in, over in Europe. Yeah, I... I, I... You know, like you say, skill, skill wise, absolutely, absolutely. How old is he? He's not even. I think he's thirty four, thirty five, something like that, around there. Not even, not even that old, really, is he? No, not really. I mean, the Czech league does finish around March, so you never know. God, fucking what? Bring him back for a little playoff push, is it? A little (laughs) uh, little Justin Williams type action, is it? Krejci, Krejci and Rask having like seven months off, and then just come back for the playoffs. Oh, that would be good. That'd be right, wouldn't it? Unfortunately, Mark... I think, I oh, think, go on, sorry. I was, I was going to say, I think the problem with, yeah, obviously bringing him back for for a playoff push would be fantastic, but as you kind of alluded to, the uh, the Bruins kind of need to fill that hole a long time before this mythical made-up March return. Yeah, you could be right. We'll talk about that in a bit. Unfortunately, Marc-Andre Fleury has decided not to retire and will be turning out now for the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, does this does this make them a playoff contender now, especially in that division? If Flowers going to be in goal as a wild card, no. maybe? Fuck no, no, definitely what not. You, what do you mean, especially in that division? That division is going to be fucking lethal next year. 
Really? Maybe not lethal for the rest of the league, but there's going to be a lot of. It's going to be. It's going to be the Avalanche at the top, the Coyotes at the bottom, maybe the Predators, and then everyone in the middle <laughs> is going to be close enough that, like, yeah, you can you can fucking. Who who knows what's going to happen? But not in the sense that Chicago are suddenly a, a um, guaranteed playoff team. Do you know what I mean? I think there are enough. Everyone, what the Blues have gotten better. The Stars are hopefully going to have a better season than they did last year because they won't be so injured. Uh, the Wild have gotten better, especially if Kaprizov remains, which he should do. Jets have gotten better. I I think there's enough there, and the Blackhawks haven't improved enough to to say that they're definitely going to fucking definitely going to make the playoffs. Like, oh, game, no, no, wait, hang on, Flurry. Look at the Pacific, though. Go on, go on. Could they sneak in as a fifth? If that Pacific only has three. Okay, but then, so you've got three teams who are going to be below then, in theory. What, the Coyotes? Probably Preds? the Preds. I don't and want who to, else? I don't want to say it. <laughs> well, the, the Stars. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but like... Let's not call them the Stars. We'll call it the Dallas Retirement Home. How about that? <laughs> fucking don't get me fucking started. <laughs> we'll talk got, about that in a minute. They've got four. They've got four NHL starting goalies. How are they possibly going to lose? That's true. And they could. And, and I've heard they're going to be like maybe play them all at once as well. So they've got no chance. Other teams have got no chance of scoring. Why not? Yeah. Why not? I think. But you think in theory, <laughs> we're jumping all around. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I think the stars have as good. Uh, yeah, where we're sitting now, everybody, everybody healthy going into the season. In theory, the stars have as much of a you know, right to be optimistic as do the Wild, the Blues, the Jets, the Blackhawks, the Predators. Because yeah, I think point. last year they missed Ben Bishop and Tyler Sagan for the entire season. Yeah, true. Granted, they're probably not going to have Bishop this season uh, based on based on their moves. But Ottinger was fantastic last year and is only going to get better. Um, the, the D has improved. You know, contracts aside, having a top four of Lindell, Haskinen, Klingberg and Ryan Suter is a good top four. That's a good top four. You know, Ryan Suter is getting old, but if he's your number four defenseman, you're fucking laughing, aren't you? And you've got, like, Jason Robinson's get, Robertson's going to get better. Gurianov should be better than he was last year. Uh, Rupe Hintz should be healthier than he was last year. Yada, yada, yada. Like, I, I, I just think that central division... It might not be full of world beaters, but it's full of very competent teams. And for the Blackhawks to be coming in, you know, saying that the game changer for them is a 36-year-old goaltender who, albeit he's coming off a, a Vesna winning season, won the Vesna in a season he didn't keep his own fucking crease. <laughs> Shouldn't have won the Vesna. Shouldn't have won it. Well, shouldn't have won the Vesna, absolutely. Lifetime achievement award Vesna. Couldn't keep his own crease in the playoffs. Shouldn't have kept his own crease in the playoffs. And is historically probably the least consistent world-class goalie of the cap era. So, no, I, I don't I don't think they're necessarily a playoff contender. That's fair enough, yeah, fair enough. We'll have a little, uh, obviously, as we move further on towards it, when we get to the uh, start of the season, we'll do our little silly preview show and we'll have a look. We can have a look then, see if any other moves have happened. Um... Uh, another move, John Tortorella goes to ESPN as a, as an analyst. Oh, yes. I think it's great. I think it's fucking genius. 
I know some people don't like Torts. I have my issues with him now and again. Sometimes I can take him or leave him, but I, th- I think it's a really smart move. Like I thought it was a smart move hiring um, Mike Babcock to do sort of analyst stuff. I, I, it's the name recognition thing, and it'll give you an opinion. So I, I don't hate that at all. I think it's a smart move. Yeah, absolutely. Like I don't, I don't agree with Torrella on his politics and a lot of his coaching style but like he's a character and he knows hockey he's he's a rare combination of actually knowing about hockey and being a character so what more could you and he likes to talk yeah what what until he unless he says something egregious on air which is always a risk shout out to don sherry um <laughs> yeah good good pickup for espn if you want entertaining voices from within the within the, the sphere of the nhl you're not going to get much more entertaining than John Tortorella, especially if they can pair him on a panel with someone who's going to get him going. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> if you if you find someone who can be a dick to Tortorella, that's your that's your Barkley and Shaq combination right there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So we need we need a left wing anti armed forces woman, basically. <laughs> Or I think even someone I don't know, like Kevin BX or someone argumentative with someone who's going to play that. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. Ideally, they'd, be, they'd all be politically anti-thoughts, but someone who can like do that. Not devil's advocate, but that kind of role of whatever Torts says, I'm going to fucking say the opposite and get him. Because uh, Torts walking out of press conferences is annoying, immature, and unprofessional. But if you can sort of channel that sort of energy into a fucking intermission break, I reckon you've got dynamite television right there, haven't you? Absolutely. Yeah, you need someone to get under his skin. That's what you need. Yeah, they're going to have to sign, they're going to have to get Larry Brooks on that panel. <laughs> <laughs> Just get him to tell Brooksy to fuck off every <laughs> every half an hour. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. Uh, we really, I really don't want to touch on the Evander Kane stuff right now. I think... Uh, there's too much going on. I don't want to jump in and say something that's completely unfounded or not true. Uh, lots of things flying around. <laughs> for once. Yeah, for once. Because uh, this one feels way bigger. Because this is this kind of is encompassing a lot of things. And uh, yeah, well, you've you've got like a bankruptcy, you've got a gambling scandal, and you've got the yeah. You know, whether you like him or not, Geezer's going for a fucking public divorce. A very public who, divorce, whose, yeah. Whose wife seems to have some amount of vitriol for him. Yeah. Know, I don't know whether that's uh, warranted or not. Like, yeah, it's a it's a, it's a, a tough situation. Um, yeah, and uh, did, did you see, apparently, the Sharks don't want him back? Or well, some of the Sharks don't want him back. Some of the yeah, players yeah, have said they don't a, want him back on their a, team. But but again, no popular that to figure me, in that dressing room. That's weird though, because that's this is the issue with hockey and the the culture is that you've I've read loads of times. Oh, he's a great guy to be around. We love him. He's a great guy to have around. And then there's sources now saying actually we hate him. Well, which one is it? Are you now saying that because you're trying to distance yourself from him because you know something? Or and this is the issue we have with this kind of thing is it's all sources and conjecture. And I've said before that. I, I'm always, oh Christ, now here's a fucking minefield I'm going to try and tiptoe through. I'm always hesitant to immediately believe somebody against a sportsman 
only because, and I told this story way, way, way back in this show, but I had a friend who basically rebuffed the girl's advances and she was after him all night. And he kept saying, no, no, I'm not interested, not interested. He had a girlfriend. And he's like, no, no, no. And the next day she started spreading rumors about him. And, and, and then so you're like, well, most of the time I will believe the female point of view, but I'll always have to say, look, let's just wait and see what happens. I'm not going to jump on the guy straight away. And I'll always say the same thing, you know, if everything's true, what he's done and like, yeah, he's a fucking, he's a piece of shit for doing that. I'm not going to, you know, there's fucking no defense. If he's going out and sleeping with other women and all, you know, that's just bullshit behavior, you know, from what you then consider as the classic sportsman. I've got loads of money. I can do whatever I want, but I'm not going to leap on the guy straight away. I'll hold off just a little bit because I, because uh, you never know. I mean, there's a the whole like, you know, like Neymar getting accused of raping that woman and it was, it was all false. She was just trying to do it to get money and everyone was all over him saying, oh God, he's a rapist, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, hang on a minute, like we don't know anything yet. And then she said, oh yeah, she admitted she totally made it all up and like recounted her fucking confession, uh, not a confession, her, um, her statement to the police and all that kind of thing. So you never know. And when things like that start to get public and it gets really fucking messy, um, the funny thing was, was that the league's statement regarding gambling is absolutely hilarious considering what's gone on in this sport over the past couple of years in regards to, well, this is absolutely disgraceful and any player found doing this will be basically banned for life and castrated and then hung, drawn and quartered. And I'm like, hang on a minute. We're kind of, we're kind of at a bit where it's kind of like racism well, I mean, you know, homophobia, oh, we're trying to do our best, you know, sexism. I mean, you know, we're all moving along at some kind of speed. And then, it, but it's gambling, like, hang on a minute, lads, gambling, what? <laughs> like, we can't, we can't be doing that. This is, this is disgraceful behavior. Yeah, because, because <laughs> I think the difference from their point of view is match fixing. You're gambling on on games that you're involved in, even gambling on any games in the NHL while you're an active NHL player, is so interlinked and like close to match fixing, and that's something that really jeopardises the integrity of the sport itself. Whereas the NHL, from their point of view, everything else—homophobia, sexism, physical assault, sexual assault, racism the list goes on that's more of like a an individual culture thing do you know what i mean like yeah no you're right because as soon as you're as soon as you're throwing out suspicions of match fixing that jeopardizes the product itself people say oh what's the point of what's the point of watching uh the ahl because all the games are rigged yeah, a bit like a bit like what happened with uh, with Italian football in two thousand six. Yeah, yeah. It's it's that thing of yeah. Once once the actual the bread and butter, what what's what's making everyone the money, the the hockey. If people don't want to watch hockey because it's it's rigged, then that affects everyone. Whereas yeah, if you if you can if you're if you have an easier excuse to say, oh, it's just a few bad apples. You know, the league is it's you know. <laughs> Gary Bettman isn't being out, out, you know, caught out sexually assaulting people and using racial slurs on television. It's other individuals. Do you know what I mean? Like, and yeah, that's yeah. easier to to get over 
the, the perception that the NHL is is a match fixing league. I do think as well. Which last... it, oh, go on, mate. Sorry, which, go on. which it might as sorry. Which it we've pretty much already admitted that it is when a referee came out and said that he. Uh, yeah, he, uh, he decides what penalties he is and isn't going to call. I know, so, yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, we've, That's al- it's we've hilarious. Cross the event horizon with that one, Gaz. You fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah. It, it's already fixed, guys. Referees are telling you that they're going to give penalties to other teams because they feel like they should. So we're already there, <laughs> and because he doesn't like him. <laughs> yeah. La- last thing on this as well is that I, I find it interesting that. They're investigating Evander Kane for, you know, sort of betting on his own team or potentially max match fixing. When if you watch the Sharks all last year, surely the whole team should be up for like investigation. <laughs> I mean, isn't that just what they were Where's, doing all year? What? Why isn't Eric Carlson being uh, hung, drawn, and why? Why isn't Doug Wilson being uh, being dragged <laughs> out? Exactly. For, look, you've given eleven and a half million dollars. To a man with one foot, a pirate, you could say, with a peg leg. Uh, Mr. Wilson, how do you plead? Yeah, you're right. It's it's fucking it's fucking stupid. Anyway, all right. There we go. Let's get into the meat and potatoes after the break. Shall we? Uh, shall we start the show? Oh yes, let's. As always, brought to you by the fine folks at Wave Intel. Free agency was bonkers, and the best place to find out if your GM spunked away your cap space on an overpriced winger, or if he was a genius for picking up that buyout player, is easily Wave Intel. Tons of stats, tons of figures, and it's all easy to read. Wave Intel online and on Twitter, being smart, so you don't have to. Also, check out the Three Men and Their Babies podcast at men underscore babies on Twitter and on Amazon at Music, iTunes, Spotify, Smart Speakers, anywhere else you can listen to podcasts. Leave us a nice review, helps a lot. Tell your friends if you like the show, because um, I don't know why, really. All right, then. So let's continue the uh, second part of our roundup. We'll uh, we'll talk about the uh, free agency period now, the uh, the signings and trades there as. Uh, anything, obviously, kind of smallish, we're not going to talk about because there's no point. For example, like Denaheim Ducks uh, swapped third-round picks with Montreal. Okay, fine, whatever. Um any big things obviously let, 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 let me let me jump in there dan Any, anything that the, the, we can just skip the fucking ducks complete <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even joking i'm not even joking they re-signed ryan gets and what well, that got greg patteron on a two-way deal the the ducks have done fucking nothing which which is a bad thing but yeah ducks done no opinion no na not finished <laughs> Fair enough. Anything from the charities you want to talk about that we didn't discuss last week with all the trades and such? I didn't realise. Do you know what it was actually? The only yeah. the the, the charities was the first team where I started sort of searching through and oh, like that player's gone there. Brian Zingle signs there on a one year one point one million dollar deal. <laughs> I was like, oh no way, he's there. Okay, I didn't realise. I missed that one. Wait, has he? I. Oh, I was I was just looking at that list. I was like, okay, all right, cool. Um, I didn't know Dimitri Yaskin was still playing. That's cool. He's a lot younger than I thought he was. Yeah, fucking Ryan Zingle. All right, that's a weird one. 
I'd have thought for for a guy who had like a fifty point season a couple of years ago, I'd have thought he'd be signing for six times six, not a bargain bin to the to the fucking coyotes based on this this league's history. Um, it's a fair point. You I, talk I, about I, his like, his stock. You talk about player stock that's fallen. When he was uh, when for, he went like, from where did he go from from Sens to Columbus, wasn't it? And then there was talk all that season. Oh, yeah. where's he going to go? Like, could be a little decent depth piece there, and he just seemed to vanish into thin air. And I don't really see why. Like, yeah, he's not been amazing since, but he's been fine, hasn't he? Do, do you know what I mean? Like, compared to compared to some other players who who just stick around and hang on to a little bit of reputation and get paid handsomely for it. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't great for for the Senators last year, but that's the fucking Senators. I just... I, I'm not saying that he should get that money. I think this is a very appropriate contract for a guy of his age and, and his skill set. But yeah, based on previous signings, I'd feel fucking put out if I'm Ryan Zingle. <laughs> Uh, the first team with some big signings and a lot of signings, uh, the Bruins, and the first team that had me really questioning what I know about hockey. They signed a ton of players. I fucking love the Brandon Carlo deal. Uh, six years at four point one, fantastic piece of work. Yeah, love the Taylor Hall. Yeah, love Taylor Hall deal. Four at six. Mike Riley. I said he was going to get re-signed. They had to re-sign him. He was fantastic when he came over. Three years at three, brilliant. And then, <laughs> the fucking, okay, this is where GMs make me lose my mind. You sign Mike Riley to a three-year, $3 million deal, and you go, holy shit. I mean, that is absolutely unbelievable value. They then give Derek Forbort the exact same contract. <laughs> Why? What are they thinking? That, that's got to be a, um, that's a clerical error, isn't it? It's got to be. They just like <laughs> they fucking just changed the name at the top and and re uh, re just resent it off. Someone I was... forgot. Someone like w- went on the the PDF for the Mike Riley contract. I was like, right, I'll use this as a base. Yeah, I've got the template. I don't have to fucking set one up again. Change the top, save that, and then didn't save all the other details, and then just sent it off to Central Registry. <laughs> I was thinking. I was thinking that the agent said to the Bruins, so it's uh, three years, three million, yeah? And they were like, yeah, sure. Thinking they meant three years at a million per. <laughs> and then it came out <laughs> three years at three million per. It's like, oh, fuck. Shit. Some some admin staff at TD Garden is getting fucking beaten to death <laughs> with a shoe right now. It's especially, you've you've got your top four locked up. Yeah. For dirt cheap. What, Grizzlick... Brandon Carlo, McAvoy, and Riley. I fucking love. More than... Mate, I love that top four. Seriously. It's madness. Absolutely madness. All for like, what, 16 mil? Something yeah, mental. Beautiful. Why? Even if you say he's going to just play on your third pairing, like, Derek thought, it's another one of them ones. You could have got exactly the same geezer who we haven't fucking heard of for 900 grand. Do you know what I mean? Pick your any any top pair in AHL defenseman from last year who is between the ages of twenty five and twenty nine. Bam. Give him give him two years at one point one million and you've got the same fucking geezer. Yeah, very peculiar. Very peculiar. Madness. Uh Thomas No Six signs. I love that. Great depth. Are we to yeah, be fair, cool. like my my 
thing with the Bruins last year, and a lot of fans <coughs> think was was that obviously the depth was an issue. So they went out and signed a ton of depth guys. So Nick Foligno, I like that deal. Eric Howler, I like that deal. Perfectly fine. The uh, what are your thoughts on the Linus Allmark deal? I know you're not quite as high on it as I am because I'm very high on this I deal. I don't, I don't like it at all. I don't I do. like it at all. I do. I think he's going to be a perfectly good goalie, but that's that's a risk for me. I, the 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 term is fine, four years, but fucking five million, five million. I don't. I mean, he yeah, he's he should be fine for you, but I feel like there could have been other ways to go with it, dude. He had a winning record with the Sabers last year. Just think about that for a second. <laughs> just think about that. Just, just let that, let that sink in. Let that sink let in. Us, yeah, let that sink in. Okay, it's, it, it's, it's impressive, but like, it's fucking goalies. Do you know what I mean? Like, there are, there are, there are good goalies who have, bad, have losing records. Doesn't mean that they're bad. You know what I mean? I just, I mean, he's yeah, he's got a bit of a track record for the last few years. Very, very much appreciate that. He's twenty eight now. He's just turned twenty eight. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, I'd, it just uh, it doesn't doesn't feel right to me. Here's what it is for me, feel right? Like you could have you you're could taking have, you could have Jake Allen two point right there. You're ta- hey, he was fine last year. You're taking a guy who <laughs> for the past three years in Buffalo was nine oh five, nine fifteen, nine seventeen. So now putting behind that defense, who does protect their goalies really well, because like you can see like Rask's and Halak's numbers as soon as Cassidy got there, they improved immeasurably. Because of either the coaching or the way the defense plays or whatever it is, and I, th- I think it's going to be a really good sign. And I think his I think his numbers will improve again next year. And I think the issue is like a team like the Bruins. I think that they're in that mindset now of okay, we want our guys and we want to be set and not have to be, you know, thinking oh we've only got this guy for a year. What do we do? Because they've just come from I don't know fucking ten years of Tuka Rask. So I think they're trying to continue that. Okay, we've got our guys. They're set. We know what we're doing. He's our guy, and we'll make him better, kind of thing. Dude, he's never. Yeah, I, he's never. He's only had one season where he's gone below nine thirteen playing for the fucking Sabers. <laughs> I'll take that deal all day. I yeah, I I appreciate it. I appreciate, it. and I could absolutely be wrong. I absolutely could be, but just it's just one of those deals. I look at it. Oh, why? Don't know about that one. <laughs> That's fair enough. But yeah, like we said, the issue is going to be second line centre. That you are trying to fill a massive, massive hole. Now I think... Charlie Coyle, step on up. I mean, yeah. I I think maybe, you know, maybe it's that extra time. Maybe it's, you know, a good off-season. You never know. And they're going to move things around. They're not... Cassidy's not scared to do that. It's Cassidy that put that top line together. It's Cassidy that moved Craig Smith up last year to the second line. And he was still really good. So I think you're going to see a lot of rotating parts in that second line centre role. And it might just end up turning into, okay, who's the best fit? Maybe it becomes Thomas Nosek. Maybe it becomes Eric Cowler. Who knows? It's who's going to play the best with Taylor Hall and Craig Smith. So it's almost like they're going to go with a top line and then kind of, it looks like then they're kind of go with three, kind of two and a half, three lines at kind of third level. So, hey, it's a change, but we'll see how it goes. Do you not think... To, to move on to one of your later signings, more recent signings, that uh, a certain Nick Foligno is your second line centre by default. I think yeah, he'll, he'll again like like I said, I think uh, he'll get a chance there. 
I think everyone's going to get a chance to play there and just see how they fit in between Hall and um, Craig Smith. And it just depends then on whoever it's whoever fits best. Because then if you drop it down and you th- you know, and then you've got sort of uh, Nick Fleano playing on your third line, well, you don't mind that too much, do you? It's you know, it's kind of fine. So I can see him maybe starting there, and then yeah, but then we'll see how it goes, I guess. Yeah, I I could see the the offensive output from the Bruins dropping a bit. Yeah, I mean they they were never a one line team, but when your top line is that good, it's hard to kind of avoid thinking about them as a one line team. And I think that perception is going to be uh, exacerbated in in this season. They'll still be good, but I think it will much it'll be much more of a like right. Here's where we're getting the offense from. Everybody like Taylor Hall as well, obviously, but there's going to be an element of uh, big bad Bruins again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think there is there is part of that. But like I said, though, I think there's going to be a lot of chopping and changing. I think in those bottom nine forwards before they find the kind of okay, this is what is the team now. I think it's going to take a while for them to, you know, probably half a season or so to figure it out to figure out where we want these mm. players to play. So. Anyway, uh, the Sabres, I'm trying to think. I mean, we just know that they're in, you know, they're in absolute career tank mode for the, uh, is it the pain for Shane? People are calling it the right. Uh, pain for Shane is exactly what people are calling it. Yeah, the, I, I like the right uh, for right. I don't mind that. <laughs> right for right? Yeah, the right for right. Look, what? Oh, riot for right or? No, right, as in R-I-G-H-T, as in you earn the right to get Shane right. Oh, by being... But that doesn't allude to being bad, though. I mean, it kind of does, though. You've earned the right by being terrible. If you're actively tanking, you're the best tankers. Well done. Yeah, but you're not, you're not, you're not... All right, I can't spin it. That was a terrible idea. Leave me alone. Yeah, that was, that was, that was, that was bad. That was bad. I do, I do like... I always like Craig Anson. If you're signing Craig Anson, don't care how old he is. Cool. Good bit of business. Um, <clears throat> friend of the podcast, Jimmy Schultz, ends up as a saber. There you go. Was only- Fucking, yeah, wonderful bit of business. Um, I'd, They picked up uh, Will Butcher, which <laughs> feels counterintuitive to what they're trying to do, but I like Will Butcher, especially at 2.8 mil. That's cool. I like Will Butcher as well for fucking um, future con- a, a classic future considerations, which is... Absolutely. Will Butcher in a fifth. Can't say no to that. And then, yeah, like that, getting Russ... Go on. No, that was it. Go on, mate. Sorry. Uh, and, and, yeah, getting rid of Ristolainen and getting a first, a second, and... And NHL defenseman in, in Robert Hack, like cool, good. I mean, they haven't leaned into the tank as hard as I would have liked them to necessarily, but they've. I think for what they're trying to do, it's a decent enough off season. They've they've only got at the moment two geezers signed beyond the end of next season. So yeah, similarly to how we were praising, so the Coyotes, yeah, it was Coyotes who were set up like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last week, you've got uh, yeah, like all right, that Jeff Skinner contract is going to be an issue until we all die. But I think they've, <laughs> they've had a decent off season in stepping in that right direction to yet again build it all up in Buffalo. I I did forget to mention actually, and I, I apologise for that. I forgot to mention that um, Jack Eichel has been uh, skating at the Bruins practice facility. Just saying, has he actually? Yeah, I mean. You know, you're asking me about a second line centre. You know, the, the longer this That's... goes on, as we know, 
He'll end up just moving for a second and a depth piece. So that's that's fine by me. <laughs> that's that's really surprising for yeah, you know, a kid who grew up in Massachusetts and yeah, in, yeah, yeah, in Massachusetts in the off season to be training at the highest quality mass, uh, ice rinks in Massachusetts. That is very, very suspicious. Mate, I'm just putting two and two together and getting Jack Eichel's second line centre for the Bruins. That's all I'm doing. That's all I'm doing. That, that explains Derek Forbert. There you go, you see. He's going to be a trade piece. For, he's going to be a trade and chip. a second <laughs> for Eichel. <laughs> for Eichel time. and a second. No, for, it'd have to be for Eichel and another Sabres depth piece who's all right. <laughs> like a Curtis Lazar. Curtis <laughs> Lazar. <laughs> Didn't is he is he back at the um is he back at the Sabres then? No, he's with us. He's still at the Bruins. It was Taylor Hall and so, Curtis Lazar, which was the yeah yeah, which was what pissed off the Sabres I, I thought fans you were saying. more than anything else. They were like, "How the fuck did we give up Lazar as well? This is bullshit." Just giving up loads of shit. Oh, yeah, I know. Speaking of loads of shit, Calgary, fucking hell, Calgary. Should we go on have a little chat to me about this Blake Coleman contract? It's the fucking worst contract I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. Oh, it's so this bad. Is worse than the, it's worse than the Jeff Skinner contract. It's worse than the Jeff, Seth, Jeff Jones contract. Yeah. It's worse. What, this is this is worse than those infamous 2016 contracts. Your Ericsson, your lad, your Luch each one. Day one, this is worse. Six years at 4.9 mil to a 29 year old bottom six forward that's that's it that's it like how oh how are you looking at anyone who's been on the tampa bay lightning for the last couple of years and think i'm gonna bring him into my shit hockey team and he's gonna make the difference no he fucking isn't no, he isn't. Unless you're signing John Cooper, Julian Breezebois, and the rest of the fucking front office, and the rest of the Tampa Bay Lightning, Blake Coleman ain't going to do you a fucking job. If he was good, he'd still fucking be there. <laughs> pa- power to him for getting, play- getting paid, but fuck me. Like, Jesus Christ. 4.9 million with a no-trade cause. It's like... It's it's like I think for the last few years people have been saying Calgary are really bad, and I kind of haven't understood it. Now this this off season especially is making me think. Actually, yeah, they are they are they're a bad team, and they are getting worse. Yeah, like on purpose. This isn't this isn't superstars getting old. This is it's just like sign bad players. All right, cool. The 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 Tampa Bay third line was a complete and utter exercise in this line is so much more than the sum of its parts. They all play together perfectly. They do their job. Their job was to not go out there and win the game. Their job was to go out there, shut the other team down, frustrate, you know, keep them on that forecheck and maybe grab a couple of goals here or there if they can. And that's what they did and they did it perfectly. They did it perfectly. And since that, Yanni Gord, Blake Coleman, and Barker Goodrow have just, they've all left and now they're getting paid a fortune to replicate that line with totally different players. And it's just not going to happen. I agree with you. I think this contract is shocking and abysmal. And and the thing, this we're going to get onto when we get to the Rangers, but the thing with Coleman and Goodrow, especially when they came when they came to Tampa, what were people saying about why it was such a good pickup for Coleman and, for, for Tampa, getting Coleman and Goodrow for 
for skill wise and overpayment at the time it's because they were under contracts for a couple of years and they were dirt cheap that's why people thought these players were good was because they were being significantly underpaid now you're paying them each an extra three million against the cap per year and and like you say taking them out of that system like i think yanni gord making that line tick is i don't want to say understated because like everyone thinks yanni gord is great but like yeah, all due respect to Coleman and, G- and Goudreau, but without Yanni Gord in between them, and potentially without each other, and in different roles and different expectations, they're going to get exposed. And yeah, Blake Coleman's going to get bought out. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Fucking, yeah, you know if, after, um, after two years. Do you know how much... This is how good Blake Coleman's been so far. Do you know how much money he's made in his career up to date? Don't look at it. Is it, is it, is it like 4.8 million or something like that? It's, it's 7 million. Seven mil. And if he sees this not, contract not, out, he'll have made bad, an extra it? thirty. <laughs> That's how bad this contract is. It's fucking it's oh, insane, isn't God it? God almighty. And the, the Flames also pick up uh, Daniel Vladar from the Bruins, a uh, goalie. The Bruins kind of had a they had to trade him basically because they couldn't have brought him up because he would have to go through waivers, so they had to get something for him. And they do have Obviously, Jeremy, Jeremy Swayman, and they have uh, Kyle Kaiser in the uh, in the goalie depth chart, who they're also very high on. So it was kind of a no brainer. I think a decent pickup could be a good little uh, a good little piece of the Flames there. I think Vladar had a really good season. But then again, saying that, we'll see how he plays in a different system with a team that's not exactly kind of firing on all cylinders. And and even if he is good, like goal, goalies don't score goals. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that is a fair point. That is a very fair point. They got Nikita Zdorov as well. That's all right, whatever. Not, yeah, that not was... a terrible defenseman, but when you've got everything else around him, and they still need to sign him, like how is it? His qualifying offer is really high as well. I think his qualifying offer is like five mil or something. Yeah, that was one of those ones I was just kind of going to glance over and be like, ah, whatever. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, just just trying to get it out there. Um, yeah, nothing else. Trevor Lewis, Kevin Gravel, like it's all. It's all signs of, of a team in decline. <laughs> My favourite kind of team. My favourite kind of team. Carolina Hurricanes had a very, very busy free agency period. Yeah, like CJ Smith, Spencer Smallman. Yeah, no one else. Uh, no one else. Maxim Lechunov. No, yeah, no one else. Fucking, fucking Alex Olympic Leonese. Fucking love it. We won't talk about um, the most obvious player. Uh, we will in a sec, but we'll just... Yeah, there was nothing... Uh, surprised Anderson got um, two years at four and a half. I thought he'd get less than that. But I do like that tandem. Anti-Ranta and Freddie Anderson. If they can stay healthy, I think that's a really good tandem. I thought I thought um, Freddie Anderson would be getting a visa. Not an NHL contract, but uh, fair play to him. <laughs> I, I, for one, do not like that tandem at all. Freddie Anderson... Has not been good for some time, and he is basically being paid just as much as he was being paid last year. When people were saying he's being paid too much for how shit he is, anti ranter, love anti ranter at two mil. Oh, my heart beating out of my chest. I'm I'm in love with it. Yeah, hang, I, on though, hang on, hang on though, hang on though, Ree Anderson. Right, the thing with Ree Anderson on. was he's playing in a market where how many games? How many games am I playing this year? Probably about sixty. I'm really hurt, you know. Can you do 58? <laughs> All right, thanks. Great. <laughs> like, if he gets in a really good tandem and he actually gets to rest and have days off, 
I think he'll be a lot better. I, th- I really think he'll have a bounce he, back he, this year. How many more days off do you want than losing your crease to Jack Campbell? Like, but he was injured. He was injured that whole off. time. He was injured that whole time. And the reason he got injured was because he came back before he should have come back. All right, fair enough. I'll... But even then, if that if that's the case, like he's still overpaid. Like even if he even if he bounces back and is good, like based on where he's at in his career right now and his performance, injuries notwithstanding, two years at four and a half, I do not like it. Do not like it, especially, especially, especially. Go on. When Alex Nedeljkovic signed in Detroit for three million dollars, and were you? You got you got a younger, better goalie for, for, for cheaper, and you said, "Nah, let's let's pay Freddie Anderson." That's that's a Tom, that's a Tom Dunder thing, though, isn't it? He has in his mind <clears throat> what what players are worth, and if he thinks you're not yeah, worth no. it, then that's it. And, and now he might have thought, "Yeah, you're not worth that much money, Dalkovich. You're 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 worth less than that." So no, you're not having that. So he got rid of him. I kind of don't hate it. And, and I'm, I'm kind of like, <clears throat> right, fair enough. <laughs> No, I, th- I think that's a great that's a great thing to have that sort of pragmacy when it comes to like uh, evaluating player player valuation and stuff like that. But it only works if you have adequate judgment of other players that you then choose to invest more money in. You know what I mean? All right, Alex Nedeljkovic might not be worth three million. He might only be worth two point two million in your own eyes, one point eight million, whatever it might be. But if you're then spending even more than that on a goalie who isn't worth what you're then paying him, it 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 doesn't make sense. I don't know though. I, I still don't hate that Anderson deal. I think with proper like like an actual decent schedule compared to what he was doing in Toronto, I think he'll be okay. Dude, he had three, I think he had three seasons in a row where he played more than sixty games, and I think two of those he played sixty-five. Which is fucking insane in today's market. What we know now about goalies, you get yeah, down oh, to sort of, you know, fifty, forty-eight, something like that. I think could be good. And then if he's not, it's cool. You got then, dude. If you can get Anderson and Ranta for combined six and a half, that's not terrible. It's it's not. But when you could have had <laughs> Ranta and Nadelkovic for five, that's it, like I, I appreciate what you're saying. Like, yeah, a, 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 a smaller workload would be better for Anderson and maybe if he gets back to where he was he can be good for the flame, for the for the canes but these are all ifs there are so many ifs in this discussion about Freddie Anderson that I ain't I ain't happy investing four and a half million of my cap in a flat cap I don't know if we've heard about it being a flat cap people yeah it just doesn't yeah it doesn't 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 make sense to me but whatever makes makes a bit more sense than um well <laughs> Does it make more sense than that? Please, of course it does. Of course it does. The great news is as well, of course, is that... uh, Of course, we're talking about fucking Tony D'Angelo, who we thought we'd got rid of forever. The good news is, is that if the Hurricanes... Like I said last week, NHL teams don't care about you. And the de facto, in quotes, most fun team in the league signing this guy just proves it beyond any shadow of a doubt that NHL teams don't care about you or what you think yeah don't the the social media manager is is not a member of the front office and 
Alright, <laughs> not to cast any aspersions against any social media managers out there. They are social media managers. They are marketing people. Like, as much as, you know, the Wendy's social media manager can go out and tweet some funny jokes, like, they know exactly what they're fucking doing. Can, can I... Okay, just to clear things up, for anyone who is a new listener, I do want to make make it very clear before I have this conversation that I do not actually have a large swastika tattoo on my <laughs> chest. That was a joke. No, it's because on your back, it could become isn't it? a bit more... It, it's, <laughs> I have no swastika tattoos. Not oh, even in a okay. reclaiming them as a, as a Hindu symbol type thing. No oh, swastika wow. tattoos. Oh, that's news to I me. I owe, my wife, I owe my wife 10 quid then. Never mind. Okay, carry on. <laughs> I will decry Tony D'Angelo's politics to the end of the world. But if he is 2019-20 Tony D'Angelo for $1 million a season, that's that's a good hockey player for $1 million a season. Like, Yeah, that's why they've done it. That's clear. I, that's I, 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 yeah. Like we said, it's it's like nothing to do with anything. You're laughing. Can, if he, can you if he play? plays as good as he can? Yeah. Can you play? We lost the guy who's it's, getting paid nine million dollars <clears throat> and replaced him with a guy who's getting paid one. So who on on the offensive side of the puck can arguably do at least eighty five percent of what Dougie Hamilton can do going forward. I'm not saying Dougie Hamilton is an infinitely better D man than Tony D'Angelo. But when you're saving eight million, um, yeah, I don't know if it's if it's ain't Tony D and it's fucking John Smith number five, um, fragrance for men. You're uh, you're laughing, aren't you? I which, do. Which which is the most annoying part of it? Sorry to yeah, kind of you're right. Screed. They're gonna they're gonna be proven right. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. it's gonna be like wow. Yeah, no consequences for anyone's actions. Tony Tony D'Angelo's got his contracts. The Sabres, uh, the, the Hurricanes aren't going to be penalised by having a bad defenceman, most likely, and the world goes on. We 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 will yet again be forced into apathy because what else can you fucking do about it? I did hear a good point the other day in the Christ, and I also need to make the point clear that I also do not have a swastika tattooed on me anywhere. Or any a, a suspicious uh, amount of Nazism denial in this podcast, <laughs> says Apple 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 iTunes reviewer. Says Apple reviewer. <laughs> That's a good two, point. Two stars. Interesting concept, but they kept going on about how they weren't Nazis, which was very unsettling. Yeah, and that comment from Apple reviewer New York Rangers fan two seven three four eight one nine. Interesting. <laughs> Five stars. I have reason to suspect that these men are Nazis, which gives them an A plus in my book. <laughs> Terrible. Tony D'Angelo, rightly so, gets a ton of shit. Okay. Yet you look at a guy like Ovi, who's he? Who's he a massive fan of? Who does he support vociferously? Who does he set up? Who does he help to set up a team? under the banner of that person. Yeah, we just uh, kind of Brian go... McClellan. Yeah. Yeah, we just kind of go... Tedley owns this. Ah, it's Ovi, you know? Yeah, you know, you look at Putin and Russia's human rights record and Ovi is quite clearly a Putin supporter. And then... He, he, is, on, he is on Putin team. He is on the Putin team. And he kind of gets a pass. 
And again, maybe that's because it's just a kind of, well, that's other countries. I don't care about what they do. Let them go over there and do whatever. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I don't know yeah, if it's that. Absolutely. I don't know if it's that. And yeah, he kind of gets away with it in a way. It's the it's a superstar bubble as well, isn't it? To an extent, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like we've seen good players be ousted from the league for, and apart from aligning with him politically, like, which is which isn't good at all. Ovi hasn't done anything wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's not. Oh no, of so course, not, but it's not, not brought up, is it? You never. We never talk about it. We never talk about the fact that he supports these people. You know this regime that is. No. Really, yeah, because, really because he has that super. Because he has that superstar bubble, and he's and he's not out there like D'Angelo gets. <laughs> how many teams have we got left? D'Angelo gets on the <laughs> stick because he he gets stick for being a Trump supporter because he combines it with like being anti-COVID and racist and all of this other shit like Ovi doesn't Ovi doesn't get as much stick for being a Putin supporter he did when he was out there on Instagram advertising hashtag Putin team or whatever but he doesn't get the day-to-day stick for his political leanings because he's not out there saying you know racist shit and fighting with teammates and this that and the other like it is a combination of having an affable personality uh being a superstar which cannot be understated i know he's like he's getting on now and he's in his twilight years etc etc but alex ovechkin is as much the nhl as Sidney crosby has been for the last 15 years so it's all those combined together which tony d'angelo as good a hockey player as he is he's not on that level he doesn't have that personality in in the front and he's combining all these a number of horrific things off the ice that mean that he can't get away with it. You're absolutely right. Like, there are, I'd probably say, 700 out of 730 NHL players who deserve derision for their opinions and beliefs and behaviour off the ice. They haven't, they haven't hit the, they haven't checked the right boxes that uh, young Tony D has. Yeah. I agree. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, just quickly, I uh, I really enjoy, I, I love the, um, the Ethan Bear pickup. I think New Orleans are going to regret that. I think he's going to be a really good player. Yeah, but hopefully, if uh, you know, if he uh, if he's feeling comfortable in his new digs. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that is the thing, isn't it? Fucking hell! So. All right, we uh, we talked about Chicago and all that Seth Jones Florida stuff last week. That's fine. Colorado, they get two of their big pieces sorted out. Kel McCarr, six years at nine. Landeskog, eight years at seven. Um, add some depth pieces, Helm, Yost, Murray. Colorado's off season. The uh, I know you weren't too chuffed with the goalie pickup there. Uh, yeah, I like I like Darcy Kemper, but yeah, for a first Connor Simmons and a conditional third is just a bit much for me for a goalie who's been pretty fucking injured recently. Like, yeah, good good player, but eh. I don't, especially when they've lost, they've lost Ryan Graves as well. Like they're still going to have a hell of a blue line, especially now that they've picked up uh, Ryan Murray for for two mil, re- two mil for one year. Really yeah. like that. Really like that. And they've got young players coming through. You know, your Bowen Byrams um, got picked up Curtis McDermott as well, who by all, all accounts is a decent enough player. 
Yeah, I, th- I think I think it's it's hard, isn't it? Because you could look at a trade in isolation and say that's an overpay, but then when you look at like the the bigger picture, you think, okay, well, you had if you, if you look at it as like a first and Connor Timmins for Kemper and Ryan Murray, then that's not the end of the world, really, is it? And Kemper's no. only only got a year left, so I in some ways I like that too because you're almost paying for not having that commitment that you would have had for Grubauer. So, yeah, I, I don't like the trade, but I, I understand it more now. Um, who else? Well, I got Darren Helm for a mil. Cool. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. I like, I, I like that. Yeah. Dylan Sakura. It's just a bunch of little pickups. That you think, yeah, in this Col- it's Colorado need to start being talked about in the same way that Tampa talked about. Like, yeah, you get perfectly decent players get them on dirt cheap and slot them into the bottom half of your lineup. you're probably going to have found money there, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Columbus, I think, had a fantastic off-season. I thought they made some excellent signings, made some great deals. Obviously, the Seth Jones deal is, I mean, could be could be franchise-altering if it all turns out the way it should. Mm-hmm. And I like, I kind of like what they did in um, free agency. Well, well, I say I like what they did in, in their free agency. <laughs> that's that Kerensky deal, dude. <laughs> oh, mate, that's good. Good player, but yeah, this that's 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 mental. That's proper. If your friends were jumping off a bridge, would you do it too? Sort of stuff. I mean, I I know that. Here's the thing as well. Like they had to keep somebody. Like everybody leaves. Everybody leaves. <laughs> everybody. They had to keep somebody, and this is the price you pay for keeping somebody. At some point, they were going to have to say, all right, at some point, we have to sign somebody who wants to play here. And there you go. Nine, 9.583 for six years for Zach Kerensky. Yeah, but I mean, still doesn't doesn't stop him asking for a trade, does it? It stops them getting rid of him, which which isn't anyone's concern. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think you're right. Actually, that's a fair point. That's a fair the, point. The, the problem isn't the the problem isn't that um, fucking Yarmo can't stop trading people. He's got, he's got like a he's, he enters a fugue state, wakes up every morning, and is like, oh no, I traded Artemi Panarin for a fifth with salary retained. What have I done? It's his players want to leave. It's it's not yeah. So yeah, giving. <laughs> Giving Zach Rowenski a lot of money, yeah, probably probably entices him to stay to sign that contract, but it doesn't mean to say that in a year, two years' time, when everyone else is gone, he's not going to be pulling a PLD, not back checking, missing assignments deliberately, and looking like he wants to leave and then leaving. You are right. Maybe, maybe it's done in a sense that. They've given him such an offensive cap here that they won't be able to trade him. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, the uh, the Dallas Stars retirements. Where do you? Uh... Oh, <laughs> it's, 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 a, wait. it's a classic. Go on, go, go on, on, go on. I was just going to say the only thing I was going to say was I loved what they did at on um, the draft. Is that they traded their fifteenth pick for twenty third, forty eighth, and one hundred thirty eighth. Change one pick into three picks. I think that's you know I yeah, like love, I like that. love that, yeah, especially in in a, in, in a <coughs> oh, excuse me, 
especially in a draft like this year's where, as we all know, it was fucking crapshoot. Why yes. not? Why not take yeah three picks? Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? But yeah, I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that those players are any more likely than anyone else to make it. But they fucking could do, couldn't they? Like more lottery lottery tickets and all that. Yeah, exactly. But your your free agency will talk me talk me through it. I think it's within reason started well. Like okay, the suit of contract's bad, but at the same time. I, I do understand the sense of urgency for the stars. You know, Joe Pavelski is a big, big part of this team's offense. He's got one year left, uh, arguably, and and who knows what's going to happen with him, performance-wise, this season. Let alone after that, even if they re-sign him, Radulov's got a year left, etc., etc. Like I, I get, and especially for Jim Neal, from like a personal professional standpoint. He's coming up to what well, he's eight years in the job now, nearly you know getting close. Going to be nine years after after this season, with a spotty track record for one reason or another. I can definitely understand him being in that position of like, I'm signing a four year contract for this 35 year old geezer, 36 uh, year old geezer. If it doesn't work out, that ain't my problem at all because my problem is going to be what to do with my days. Not in the NHL, like <laughs> so. I, I I get it, and it's and as I said earlier, to add him into that top four, fantastic. You can't on paper, you can't ask for much more than that. A couple of couple of depth things, picking up the best player in the league in Luke Van Denning for a, of course, yeah, a good pickup, but two years at one and a half million. Like I I know I know we harp on that he's he's an analytics darling and stuff, but like realistically, like don't I don't like it, and then. We're, we'll ignore the the other big one for a minute, but it's it's then bringing in guys like, okay, Alex Petrovic for cheap, fine, whatever, D depth insurance, Yanni uh, Yanni Hakampa, I, I I do quite like that, and that is, it's he's young enough and that's cheap enough at one and a half mil that in theory you're gonna shore up your your third pairing, still feels a little bit much. Then you're bringing in like Michael Raffle, it's like, do we like, it's it's. Not to turn this into to the Dallas Stars podcast, but it's a problem that Jim Neal has had for years now, where he does not make. He he's too concerned with insurance policies that he then jams up the lineup and doesn't leave any room for young players to get in and have a try and show what they can do. We've already seen a casualty in Adam Masherin going over to Sweden, which is a great move for him. Yeah, this is a guy who had 34 points in 36 or 38 AHL games last year. In his, and, and he's still like 22, 23. The sort of player that you think, right, ELC, dirt cheap deal, bring him in and see if he can... He's got a hell of a shot, see if he can do it in, in the NHL. But no, we have to sign you Glenn Dennings, you have to sign your raffles and just clog up the, the lineup. And then Braden Holtby... I, I kind of like in a way he's not been that good last year but that Vancouver team wasn't particularly good if you can if you're doing the swap of okay Ben Bishop's out for the year that's that that has to be irrefutable now they haven't they haven't announced it but why on earth are you signing Braden Holtby if you are not convinced that Ben Bishop will not play at all this year that doesn't make any sense no matter what you're doing 
And then the other thing that's contingent on be, on for being a good signing is getting rid of Anton Hudobin, who has done well. You know, he was the reason that the Stars made the Stanley Cup final a couple of years ago. But last year, weren't that good. He's got a lot of money due to him now. He's getting older and older. And it, it loops, loops back a bit to what I was saying about clogging up the lineup for, for young players. The Stars have a potential elite goalie coming through in Jay Cottinger, who's only 22 and had a hell of a season, Stars' best goalie last year. Uh, he had he had more wins than Anton Hudobin in eight less starts. It set, you know, didn't get pulled once, whereas Hudobin got pulled five times, etc., etc. If we end up with a Braden Holtby Anton Hudobin uh, tandem and have Jay Cottinger rotting in the AHL, that is an offensive misstep from Jim Neal. So, as it feels like every year, there's there's stuff I like, and then there's bottom six additions that I fucking hate, and some bizarre signings that are potentially going to hinder the club for for years to come. Just very quickly, as we say, we've got quite a few teams to get through. I think if any team deserved a free pass last year, it was the Stars. And oh, absolutely. Kind of, absolutely. That season didn't count, so we can't really put anything on it at all. We'll just have to wait and see what happens this year. So I think... Um, yeah, which which I absolutely appreciate, but there's still things that... Yeah, the the, the big thing to say from last... The two big things from last year, Jay Cottinger and Jason Robertson coming through and doing utter jobs for the team. So to then come out and then block the path for other young prospects to come in and do what Robertson did. Because it's not like Robertson was a good prospect, but and, and he's been in the NHL before, but he hadn't he hadn't excelled. He wasn't coming in with like, right, Jason Robertson, guaranteed top six forward. He's going to put up 40 points, no problem. There was still like an element of like, all right, well, the kid's probably going to make the team and we've just got to hope that he turns into what he turned into. So to 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 stop, yeah, whoever you want down there, your Riley Damianis, your your Adam Masherins, to block the path for them to come in and do that is so self self sabotaging. It's madness, and and again with, with Jay Cottinger, yes, like the the whole team performance you can write off as all right COVID, but it's those individual things that you kind of need to take the lessons from and say okay, actually. Maybe young players, maybe players under 29 years old can perform in the NHL. Who knew? Uh, Detroit, I liked what Detroit did. I thought they made a good couple of pickups, but again, they're still, it's it's still the eyes of plan, still rebuilding. They, I like Nadelkovic. I like the uh, Piasuta pickup, Talapatuzzi resigns. That's decent. A couple of decent things done around the draft, you know, sort of. Um, they also traded down a couple of times and got some extra picks and things. So yeah, I think same old, same old for Detroit, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think it's yeah, perfectly, perfectly fine. Like it's just slowly building in. I, I kind of like picking up those pieces, like like Piasuta, like uh, again Jacob Verana last year. Pieces that aren't gonna, they're not necessarily gonna get in the way of the rest of your team stinking and you getting a good draft pick. But at the same time, whenever when everything starts coming together in the next couple of years, like they're going to be young enough and still good enough that they're good support pieces. So yeah, I, I like I like the idea of snatching up those while you can because 
yeah, like a buyer suitor isn't going to be available every year. You're not going to be able to get Jack of Verona and picks every year. Similarly, Nadelkovic, young, cheap, good. Take a flyer on him. Why not? Yeah. It's cool. Cody Cece, Tyson Co- Barry. Cody Cece, who? Cody Cece, right? Tyson Barry. Yeah. Darnell Nurse. Duncan Keith. Equals McDavid trade request. Your thoughts? So the the, the thing with Edmonton, that I, as, the one, the one it's thing. Oscar Kleffbaum. Just the thing that confuses me about them because the rest of it is pretty pretty fucking plain. Is is Oscar Kleffbaum like confirmed dead? Is that no one's heard anything about Oscar Kleffbaum? Like, like I, he can only if you're signing if you're signing those players, he can't be playing this year or. Maybe not so much later in the year. He can't be because why would you sign them otherwise? But but like you said, nobody's. I, I've never seen anyone say it's definitely not happening. Like I'm so confused about it. But yeah, as it stands, assume he's not there. And fucking hell, especially when you tag on Darnell Nurse's nine million dollar extension <laughs> next year. That's that's gonna that's gonna be bad. That's yeah. gonna be very bad. Oh dear. Dude, Cody, yeah, um, Cody CC got f- four years at three point two five a year. It's hard with Cody CC because he he was he was he was all right for Pittsburgh last year, wasn't he? Right. We talked about why he was okay. He was okay as a buyout, cheap, bottom pairing, literal sixth defenseman. He ain't going to be there at that price as a bottom pairing sixth defenseman. Tyson Barry and Cody Cece were fucking awful for Toronto together. Awful. Ask Leaf fans about it. They were terrible together. They could not play. And those guys are now getting a combined $26.5 million for at least the next three years for Edmonton. Here's the- and don't, uh, don't forget Chris Russell as well. Oh, of course, yeah, Chris Russell as well. Here's the thing with uh, with Edmonton. There's no point going into all that because, like, we we know what's you know we, we know about all this. Mike Smith, two years at two point two million. The fuck, <laughs> Ken Holland. Okay, I'll keep saying it again. You are completely correct. Ken Holland is just Ken Hollanding again. That's just what he's doing. But here's the yeah, question. He, he, pro- he promises. He promises he's changed, but uh, no, he, uh, he it would appear he has not. No, he has not. Do they make the playoffs this year? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, look, it's the opposite of what we were saying about the Central earlier. Like, the Pacific is full of so many, so it's definitely Vegas. Then who knows? <laughs> like, I like how that was it. And you've you've got to put the Oilers in there because they've got David and Drysdale, whereas, and 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 then a bunch of crap. Whereas, pretty much every other team just has a bunch of crap, or at least if they have. Top tier players on there uh, on top of the pile of crap. It ain't McDavid and Drysdale. So, fortunately for the Edmonton Oilers, they are stuck in the, the league's worst division. Congratulations to them, and that's going to be something that they can carry on looking at, carry on pointing to, saying, "Look, we're, we're making the playoffs. The playoffs is a and and, and then claiming, oh, it's just the playoffs. It's you know, it's lucky bounce here or there. You go, you go out, you stay in, blah blah blah, like." That will keep Ken Holden a job until... Okay, so what, the Kings are going to be good soon? 
if the Canucks turn it around, that's going to be good. Um, Kraken are a, are a question mark. Like, yeah, until the other teams in the Pacific catch up and then by default squeeze Edmonton out, he's going to be fine and they're going to carry on in this perpetuity of doing bad stuff. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. Uh, Florida made some interesting decisions and I think I was the I was the same as I was the opposite to you but in the same way as in you kind of weren't too agreeable about that Darcy Kemper deal straight away but on reflection you're like well yeah I kind of get it now. I'm now the same with the Sam Bennett deal and that when it was done I kind of thought you know what yeah that's not too bad. I'm now thinking that why did they give him that contract? They're banking on him having performed in, what was it, 10 games? 10 games? Uh, yeah, 10, 10 regular season games. And he gets a $16 million contract out of it? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure about that. For, for a player who has historically done really well in short bursts and then disappeared and turned into just a, just a guy... It's yeah, you you can't deny his Florida career so far has been incredible. Fifteen points in ten games. He's over a point in his entire Florida career. He's over a point per game, you know. (laughs) I think he currently leads. He's the franchise leader in points per game, which is fantastic. That's amazing. Uh, Hey, hey, that's good because it's a. It means we're able to get his uh, jersey up in the rafters with Luongo soon. So that's good. It's not. It's not Not doing that. Not doing that today. Okay. Sorry, um, yeah, you're right. I've got the time. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I much prefer Anthony Declare for three years at three million. That's a yeah, much me nicer too. deal. Yeah, me too. I like, like that deal a lot. Not, not that Anthony Declare is is better than peak Sam Bennett for want of a better way of putting it, but like, yeah, Sam, that's, that's one and a half million extra for an extra year as well. For a player who, when he's not at his peak, is very much below bang average. Did you like the um, Did you like the Sam Reinhardt trade? Yeah, I love I love Sam Reinhardt. Good, yeah, good yeah, player. I, agree. I think it's a good trade. Uh, good Sabres player. pick up uh, got... Sabres pick up Devon Levi and a 2022 conditional first, which is uh, it's lottery protected. If it and if it's not, it moves to the 2023 first. Yeah, which is which is pretty cool. Pretty cool. But he, but he Problem does is need you got to pay Sam Reinhardt yeah. and then you're throwing out throwing out money to um well like Carter Hagee's just had a four million dollar extension, which don't know about that. Like Yeah. <laughs> Sam Sam Bennett, etc. etc. Like Barkoff needs a new contract. Sam Sam Reinhardt's probably gonna come in for what, six, six and a half? Which is good money, but this is a team. This is a team that, under the same ownership group, over the last few years, years have been jettisoning contracts. Yeah, and now they're suddenly like signing them all again. It's weird, yeah. Especially like you, you chuck on a Barkov extension after this season, Huberdeau extension after next season. Um, yeah, you've st- <laughs> you've still got fucking ten million you owe to Sergei Bobrovsky every fucking year, like. Yeah, I think I think we could be heading into another cycle for the Panthers, where we get to the end of the twenty twenty two twenty twenty three season, 
and they're suddenly shipping out players left, right, and centre because they can't fucking afford them anymore, or don't want to afford them. It's well, just, yeah, don't want to. Yeah. It's, it seems so <clears throat> not the same as the Tom Dundon, Alex Nedeljkovic thing, but like it is just like have you not learned from your not not necessarily mistakes, but like your previous decisions? It's yeah, fucking odd to me. Fucking odd. Uh, anything on the Kings? The uh, the Philip the no contract. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, Paying much money for it. Fucking go on. People are people are bending over backwards to to praise this Philip Delo deal and like. All right, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a good player, but like <laughs> people are comparing him to to Yanni Gord, saying, "Oh yeah, well yeah, oh." The Lightning just won back-to-back cups with a, a third-line centre making five and a half million. Okay, <laughs> that's ain't the reason. Danny <laughs> Gould making five and a half million didn't win them the cups. Like, if anything, that is that almost prevented them from winning two cups. It's having your Anthony Sorelli's on dirt cheap deals. It's having your Braden Points on dirt cheap deals. Every other superstar player is making at least a million, two million plus less than they should be which allows them to give out slightly inflated contracts to players like of Dino and Yanni Gordzilk like you don't you don't start with the slightly overpaid contract for a good two-way center you get everything else in and like the, I know I know these aren't Rob Blake's um contracts that have been signed but you, the Kings have not shown the ability to keep star players for less than market value. Like, it's yeah, he's a good player. Philip Deneau is a good player, and from from the free agent market, six years at five and a half million. I don't like it, but I don't hate it. Like I understand it. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. But yeah, I've... just and I forget who it was, but somebody was saying comparing it to to the Rangers getting Artemi Panarin. Like if your guy's available, go out what? and get him. What? There's a yeah, like <laughs> say, oh, the Rangers weren't at that point in a rebuild to require a Panarin, but they got him because he was available. And you don't; those players aren't available all the time. Okay, Philip Deneau is a good centre, but our Timmy Panarin, he is not. Yeah, com- completely L- lunacy. <laughs> and and this is this is the thing for me. Like the the hockey media is fucking foaming at the mouth for how good this deal is for the LA Kings where it ain't it ain't good at all like it's he's a good player but that's inappropriate for a team in that position uh, I guess the major news from the Wild is is that their two big RFAs are still not signed that's new real thing so, I mean they moved up they moved up to 20th in the draft and gave Edmonton uh, a couple of picks for it to get Jesper Walshdead who's meant to be you know another I mean, I'm I'm never convinced about goalie prospects ever. I don't think there's such a thing as a goalie prospect. I'm not ever convinced of that. But he he's meant to be as close as you're going to get, I guess, as to one of those guys. But um, yeah, quite on the wild front so far. Just a really quick aside, just to almost put a pin in this for some other conversation. I was thinking this week, like with goalies, you're absolutely right. Like goalie prospects, like who knows what's going to happen to him. I feel I feel baffled that we don't see more random European goalies coming over because you can't tell me that in the top top European leagues 
there aren't goalies that are worth, that aren't worth taking a flyer on and seeing if they can do goalie stuff in the NHL. You know what I mean? Well, they did look but, at um, look at the Wild last year and look at Chicago last year. Yeah, just two, just two guys from Europe, yeah, they, and I was like, oh, who are these guys? <laughs> like, well, they just two guys it, came up from Europe, like that, and they're really good. That should be happening a lot more, shouldn't it? Yeah, really? yeah, I agree. Absolutely, it should. But yeah, we, I'm, I'm not too worried about the Wild with their RFAs. They've still got 19 million in space. Well, like it's going to be an issue. You bought. <laughs> <laughs> Only you, yeah, yeah. For the yeah, time being, they have yeah. plenty of cap space. For the time being, they do. But I think once you've done that and you've accepted that you're getting that cap recapture penalty for, um, for Suter and Parise, you that, don't let that stop you signing Kaprizov and, and Fiala. Because like Fiala shouldn't come in much more than Joel Eriksson should, and realistically. If you're going to go long term on Fiala, he shouldn't really cost you more than like seven million right now. I don't think. Yeah. Shouldn't. Shouldn't. Doesn't mean he won't. And then yeah, you just got to fucking work it out around there, isn't it? Like, that's, oh, it's, they're gonna, they are gonna be in some shit next year. Because <laughs> it, because they're that they're gonna be that yeah. classic team where like, okay, there's there's contracts they want to get rid of, like. You'd say, I'll trade out Matt Zuccarello, who's making six million for another two years after this season. Is is anyone going to want a thirty-four-year-old Matt Zuccarello at six million? Probably not. Oh, and then, and then, um, then you're looking at like, what's what's is players that you're not going to want to get rid of? What Jared Spurgeon, Jonas Brody, any of those D men? Like, no. <laughs> oh. That buyout is so offensive because they don't like they don't even have any high paid players. Nope. They're gonna be in a cap crunch where their highest paid player who isn't who's movable is making six million dollars and there's like three of them. Yep. I can't, it's not good. Yeah, not that's good. <laughs> it's it's gonna be a bad situation. Like apart apart from that, like it's fine. Yeah, what? Where's, where's <laughs> Apart from that, they'll be Alice, fine. Alice, they'll Alice, Alice, Col- Alice Kologoski getting five million dollars at age thirty-five. Like he's good and he's remained good, but <laughs> what sort of what sort of nutter is paying five million dollars for a five thirty-five-year-old D-man? I know. What was the market that you had to pay that to get him? I mean, like you couldn't have Isn't just. It? Yeah, very peculiar. And and he's local as well, so in theory. You shouldn't have discount. had to pay any extra for that. Like, yeah, you know, hometown old man discount. David Krejci is fleeing the country to to play in the Czech Republic, and a, a fair play to him. Alex Golikowski is standing his ground saying, "No, I'll come out, but you've uh, you have to pay me a lot of money." <laughs> uh, the Montreal Canadiens make quite a few signings, uh, but I guess the two most notable ones being David Savard and Mike Hoffman. Add in some Matthew Perot, Cedric Paquette, all that kind of thing. Go on, you have to, I clearly have some thoughts on these deals. Um, I mean, not as many as I... Joel, Joel Armia, too much, a good player, but too much money. 3.4 million for Joel Armia. Like, he's good, but he's he's a he's a classic, he was good because he was cheaper sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, David Savard, 3.5 mil, all right, whatever. If you're going to go shop... Yeah, if you're going to go shopping for a right D in free agency, 
That's probably what you're going to pay. All hey, right. dude, if you th- if you think like considering what we've talked about, defenseman, that's a great deal. After the, what oh, we know the say, market, <laughs> what we know the market now is, that's an absolute steal. Any, anything less than nine million for David Savard was a steal. You are absolutely exactly. right. Exactly, and and yeah, you compare him to Derek Forber or whatever, like Tucker Pullman. Yeah, cool. Yeah, all right. That that could have been a lot worse. Mike Hoffman. Yeah, all right. He probably is a four and a half million dollar player. That's fine. And yeah, get him, get him Matthew Pro for cheap. Kind of cool. Arturi Lekkinen is another one of these weird RFA deals where you're just like, what? <laughs> okay, he's twenty five. Yeah, he probably earns two and a half mil. All right. Fine, like yes. Oh, I don't know. What would you for a team that went to the Stanley Cup final last year? Um, don't really see them repeating that next year. Yeah, no, me neither. Um, nothing for Nashville for me. Nothing really. Aside from obviously the you know the Cody Glass, Nolan Patrick, <sighs> blah blah blah. But yeah, yeah whatever. David Rick, David Rick, cool. Yeah, whatever. Um, Couldn't get Grant. rid of uh, Johansson <laughs> or. Shane. <coughs> nope. Like, yeah, Mikhail Granlund seems to have a contract for life in in Nashville. Like every year, it feels like they're saying he's going to go elsewhere, and then just turns turns up back at the fucking Bridgestone Arena. Like, all right, go. Cool. Any thoughts on Dougie Hamilton's nine million dollars? One of the few ones that seem to be worth every penny for me. It's it's a real Philip Deneau type deal, really, for me. You know, when you've got a player of that calibre available, it doesn't matter where you are in your rebuild or your your uh, cycle of contention, you've got to go out and get him, haven't you? Like, genuinely, like, all jokes aside, yeah. Yeah, cool. I'm surprised Hamilton went to New Jersey, but good signing for them. A, a rare, a rare combination, Dan. Uh, soon, to be, soon to be very common, obviously, but two... Defenseman making nine million dollars on the uh, on the New Jersey Devils roster <laughs> on the same team. Yeah, isn't 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 that interesting? That's fantastic work. Yeah, good 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 for the Devils for signing Dougie Hamilton. But like, I don't know. Part of me thinks like, how much praise could you get for him choosing you? Do you know what I mean? I know it was very. Yeah, I was I was very surprised, very surprised by the whole thing. To be oh honest, yeah, that he went ne- there. Never in a million years would have guessed would have guessed the Devils for him. But hey, if it works, it works. Fair enough. Uh, the Islanders, literally nothing to report because Lou's not letting us report anything. I did hear the Got- I saw on Twitter the rumor that uh, he's already signed a bunch of players, but he's trying to do other things and doesn't want teams to know how much cap space he's got. Which I fucking love that so much. I thought that's yeah, such a that's- brilliant thing to do. Yeah, I, I, yeah. What, what, what can you say when it's it's good that they've got rid of Andrew Ladd and Nick Letty? Like that's shrewd, shrewd moves, and almost the opposite of what Montreal have done or or, or whatever. Any other team that stood pat, like the Islanders, are going to be as good as they have been. Like if they're not changing that roster and they're not changing that coach, like uh, what's his name, Anders Lee's going to come back from injury. All right, they've lost Jordan Everly, but. I think that'll probably be all right. The New York Rangers, Will, had to get bigger and tougher. So they did. Oh, they sure... They sure did. Now, don't tell me 
Don't tell me you're not a little bit excited in the fact that Ryan Reeves and Tom Wilson are going to be seeing each other way more this year. You can't tell me you're a little bit more excited about that. It's it's going to be cool, and um, having Ryan Reeves on Broadway is going to be very exciting. I don't I don't agree with it for. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't agree with it from a roster construction standpoint. Did not realise Ryan Reeves is 35 years old, which is pretty fucking crazy. Like, Yeah, and he's also, to be fair to the guy, and I do love the guy, he isn't very good. He really isn't. No, no, he's not. He is not a good hockey player like at all. He's not He's not on John Scott's level of, like, he's just big and bad and he can't play, like... But, I mean, if we, if, if he doesn't... If he doesn't beat people up and say funny stuff on the ice, is he making any NHL roster? I, I don't. He's he's one of those classic NHL players, and I'm talking like you know the classic NHL, where it's like if he wasn't fighting people, he wouldn't even be in the AHL. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Which is probably an overstatement, but like, yeah, he, he's not. It's not exactly like he's gonna. He would go down to the AHL and be a massive scorer. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, he no, would do exactly the same job in the minors. Yeah, so exactly. I I don't like it in the fact that um, who's the who's the fucking geezer there? I can't even remember his name anymore. In charge. Kurt. Yeah, yeah. Who's, who's the GM now? It's not Gorton anymore. It John, is. Isn't it John Davidson? The other. No, he's the he's the the president. Oh yeah, Chris Drury. Chris Drury. Chris Drury. There we go. I, was, I couldn't get Kurt Muller out of my head. He has. Uh, given in and allowed the brainworms to take over him and <laughs> Tom Wilson has won. He He's has gone indeed. out and thrown a bunch of money at a fucking Barkley Goodrow. Ton of money. I can't go back and listen to what I was saying about um Blake Coleman. Blake Coleman fucking yeah. too, many, too many players in this league. Let's go back to an original six. Two lines. Um yeah, everything I've said about Blake Coleman, but maybe slightly toned down because he makes over a million less. Very cool. And yeah, bringing in Ryan Reeves is just like, what are you doing? Jared Tenordi as well. Like, He just went on hockeyfights.com, looked at who has fought Tom Wilson and got and voted a win. Like, right, get him in. Tenordi and Reeves, let's, let's do it. It'll be, it'll be fun, a fun experiment just to see can the Broad Street bullies survive in, in this modern day and age. The Senators didn't really do much because they never really do. Um, we'll talk oh. about Dadunov when we get to Vegas. Uh, so that puts us on to the Flyers. I think we already discussed those last week, didn't we? The uh, the moves the Flyers made, which were obviously very interesting. You you just cut out. I, I assume you said the Senators did nothing, so let's move on to the Flyers, which I absolutely agree with. Yeah, and I said that obviously it puts us on to the, uh, onto the Flyers. Of course, of course. Who? Martin Jones? Yeah, Nutters. Martin Jones, yeah. Playing behind Rasmus for I like, the lining. I like, <laughs> I like Keith Yandel for 900 grand. Like, I don't think you can ask for much more than that. That's that's good stuff right there. I, if if the, if Tom Dundon and the Carolina Hurricanes actually cared about uh, you know the things they say on Twitter, they'd have got Keith Yandel instead of Tony D'Angelo. Who's going to be, you know, another step down from from Dougie and from from uh, from Tony D? But for nine hundred grand, you're making a decent enough bet that he might be able to put up some numbers for you. So I like that. Um, 
Yeah, we've done all the, the, the trades we covered a bit last time, like getting in Cam Atkinson and Ryan Ellis. Very cool stuff. Like, it's, I like Cam Atkinson because you're saving money and probably getting like a similar level player as Jacob Voracek at this stage in his career. Like, I think that's a really shrewd bit of business. Talked about uh, the other trade they made with uh, with the Buffalo Sabres. That's uh, <laughs> less um, less enticing. Less but good, equally, like, I, like, I, like I said last like I said last week, like Chuck Fletcher's doing stuff, and that's always fucking cool. Like rather a GM do lots of stupid stuff than the classic not doing anything at all. Like that's that's far more entertaining for for me as a neutral. So, um, a B minus. Not that we've been grading anyone, but like, yeah, I'd, I'd, <laughs> fucking bringing out grades now. <laughs> no, but I think like, I, hang I on, we got to right, hang flyers, on, we got to start the show again. We got to do grades, right? Let's go back. <laughs> the, fly, the flyers need a, need a grade because they've they've done some good stuff, but the Ristolainen trade is going to overshadow all that good stuff. Like a B yeah, minus. Shouldn't be praised. Oh, dude, a yeah, B minus. Like, you must be fucking on something, mate. That's fucking no way. Is it what are you B- talking about? All right, they brought they brought in Keith Yandel. They brought in Cam Atkinson. They brought in Ryan Ellis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they ship shipped out Shane Gosses there. Good stuff. Shipped out Jake Voracek. I think that's good stuff. Um, didn't lose anyone in the expansion draft. That's cool. From if we're not talking about salaries, and then yeah, brought in um, Martin Jones and traded for Rasmus Ristolainen. B B minus. It's C plus and nothing more. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you have such a wildly differing opinion <laughs> with your C plus to my B minus. I'm, I'm glad <laughs> that was that was worthwhile. Uh, across the way from Philly to their neighbours and one of their and, and one of the greatest rivalries in the history of sports, the Pittsburgh Penguins, didn't really do anything. I heard a fantastic quote from uh, Brian Burke, which was basically, "Yeah, we haven't really got any money to move anybody. We haven't really got any prospects to move anybody. We can't really do anything with our picks, so we're just going to do what we could." <laughs> so it's like fair enough. <laughs> At least he's honest. <laughs> yeah, Dan and Hyden for cheap on that Penguins team. Yeah, could be cool. good. I like, I like, I like it like that. For you know, considering, like you say, they didn't have any room to do anything. He's he's more enticing to me than fucking re-signing Dominic Simone or whatever. Right? Yeah. The uh, the San Jose Sharks. We did mention two teams last week who we said were in the complete pain for Shane sweepstakes. You got. I think we forgot to add the Sharks into this, didn't we? Well, I think the the Sharks are doing that baffling thing that a lot of crap teams tend to do which is bring in some bang average players and almost seem like they're trying to be good like, I don't necessarily think you bring in Benino and Cogliano if you're admitting that you're tanking they can't be trying to be good surely they can't be well they got rid of Martin, they got rid of Martin Jones so they're not trying to be they're, they're trying point. to be better than they have been that's a good point you're right there that's for sure not necessarily trying to be good, but I reckon they're probably trying to. It's it's the the biggest crime for non-playoff teams is trying to be entertaining and worrying about selling tickets. For yeah, me, you're right. You're right. Do you know what I mean? Like that's because what you all you're going to do there is what adds two wins to the to your to your standings, and end up picking eighth instead of 
in the top three, like, which doesn't fucking help anyone. We of course discussed it's, it's, Seattle. Ah, sorry, go on. No, it's just it's it's the the problem where NHL teams are too worried about casual fans and not yeah, that's remembering true. that the sickos who love this league are going to come and pay for tickets. Whether your team's thirty second or first, like whether you sign Tony D'Angelo or fucking Wes McCauley, like so it's we don't care. No, nobody cares. Nobody cares. We're just addicted to that little rubber disc. Like, yeah. So be if you're going to be shit, be shit. Don't be, don't be Minnesota. <laughs> the old Minnesota, not the new Minnesota. That remains to be seen. Fair enough. Talked about Seattle last week. Uh, St. Louis, I thought uh, a good signing in Brandon Saad. A uh, signing in Pavel Buchnevich. Not convinced. Fucking 5.8 over four years. Yeah, good good player. Good pickup to get him. Especially as what I just did. Sammy Blay and a first? And a first? No first? Second. Second. There you go. Fucking there you go. I, li- I like the trade. Yeah. yeah, the contract's contract is is nay good but St. Louis are, are doing it again they're just like remaining relevant in the playoff hunt you know what I mean like yeah I think that they could they could quite easily be second in the centre of this year easily yeah, definitely just um, rolls on the uh, everyone's favourite place to go to try and win something Tampa Bay obviously a lot of deals done a lot of players lost but uh, they brought back Zach Bogosian in an amazing deal where he took less money to go to a <laughs> to go to a contending team. Corey Perry gets two years. If you can't beat him, join him, I guess. And then the Braden Point contract, which is a nine and a half million over eight years. I think one that you're missing out there that is important for the uh, for the Tampa Bay Lightning and could easily be a steal. Is that Alex Barry Boulay contract? Alex, Three okay. years, seven hundred and fifty-eight grand. Yeah, it's never it's never guaranteed that you're going to make that jump from you know that that jump from league to league up a step. But he's he smashed it in the queue. He's been smashing it in the AHL. If you're going to fucking bet on anyone, I, you could easily be looking at Alex Barry Boulay being a staple in the Tampa Bay top six for the next three years, and his. His agent being fucking fired and disbarred for signing him to that offensive contract. Yeah, that's there's a beautiful. Way that they, there's a way that they do it. It's unbelievable, really. It's, it's madness. That is madness. But yeah, everything else. Sure, I I like it. Why Why not? I mean, Corey Perry for two years, I don't like as much. Zach Bogosian for three years, eight hundred fifty grand. I love that's. Yeah. Because he's he's already a proven commodity in your system as well. Like he might get a little bit worse, but the way that the job that he's done previously for you, for that price point, yeah, cool. I like it. Um, well, they got um, Pierre Edouard Belmar as well. That's another cool one. Like, yeah, it, it seems like they're kind of taking the lessons from Goudreau and Coleman. You know, signed for a couple of years, bottom of the lineup guys, but just a locked up cheap, and just trying that out. Like we, took, which is the learning from your learning from your past moves. That that's that's the evidence of it that I like. Yeah, you know, yeah. Corey Perry is not necessarily going to be Pat Maroon two point 
You know what I mean? Like Pierre Bel- Edouard Belmar might not carry on being a good fourth line centre until he's 38, but they're low risk deals as far as a cap hit and term to an extent because you can bury that cap hit very easily. And and if it works, it works and it saves more money to to keep the top of the line up together. So yeah, I I fucking love it. Yeah, just add it to uh, Julian and the Breezy Boys' extensive resume. That's uh, just the, <laughs> the deals they're doing. The bargain basement Tesco whoops sticker shopping Toronto Maple Leaves add a ton of players at uh, very small hits. Some of them more surprising than others. Uh, David Kampf, Andre Kasher, very surprised with that. Nick Ritchie, I was kind of surprised with that after his kind of not like a one-off season with the Bruins last year, but this is what they have to do. We've said before, they've got their pieces and Leaf fans need to just step back and take a look at this team. It's still a good team. It is a very good team. Their top four forwards, their top four D-men, two decent goalies, that's still a very good team. And people like dumping all over this team already because, I mean, I get it because of what's happened and they've kind of lost the benefit of the doubt, but... It's that's still a really good team they've got there, and they've still got a chance. Yeah, absolutely. I I love that Andre Kasher deal. That's impeccable. Obviously, he's had his injury injury uh, issues, but that, that's why I kind of like if you sign players that have had injury issues for cheap, and then potentially have you know are gonna you know it's it's either gonna be boom or bust. He's either gonna be a good productive middle six forward, or he's gonna be injured. What what's to lose to an extent? Uh, Nick Ritchie, yeah, I, I I like it too. You're almost paying a premium because he hasn't been injured. Uh, not as not as good as Casher, but I think he's for what they're looking for. Ultimately, like a replacement for your um, Andreas Johnson and Kapanen that they lost a couple of years ago. Yeah, I like it. Uh, again, like you said, for everyone else, it's just yeah, pick up some cheap people like. You're you're gonna ride and die with that big four up top. Your D is relatively solid for now, at least. Just roll the dice with some some bottom of the lineup players and see see who sticks. And they're not going for that. They're not doing what the Rangers are doing. They're not filling it up with tough guys to protect the big big pieces up top. They are still going for you know Nick Ritchie's probably more physical than he is skillful, but he still has that level of skill. Cash is a skillful player. David Kampf isn't a bruiser. Yeah, they're they're doing what you would hope that a team like them would do. And then getting Peter Mrazek, like I Yeah, I'd I'd rather have Peter Mrazek for three point eight than Freddie for four point five, so I agree with that. that I much. do agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I do I think, I... Uh, do want to mention as well a sneaky little trade that would have gone under your radar because you're not a fan of either of these teams, but the Leafs did trade James Greenway to the Bruins, who is a 23-year-old left-shot uh, left D. Just given the history between these two teams and trades, I'm going to get in here now before James Greenway wins his first Norris because I'm just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just going to get that in there just in case because it may happen, you never know, but... Uh, you know, given the history, I just thought I'd maybe mention it. <laughs> I'll, I'll bet on it. I'll bet on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we talked about Vancouver and their absolute hilarity last week and all things Mr. Benning. Uh, Jack Eichel apparently not going to the Golden Knights as they've decided that adding Nolan Patrick and Evgeny Dadnoff 
and returning my uh, Matthias Janmark sort of sorts out their centres position, and they're kind of happy to do that. I I like them effectively doing Nolan Patrick for Cody Glass. That's that's cool. Like that, just that idea of two two young centres. Teams are on aren't necessarily sure that they're going to do what they want them to do. <laughs> it's it's like a, it's like a lunchtime trade of your pet lunch in it. Like oh, I've got an orange, <laughs> you've got a banana. Do you want to do you want to have a swap? Like yeah, let's let's do it. Like no, you're not you're not losing anything by by shifting the risk from Glass to Patrick necessarily. Because if if Glass works out in Philly, you can kind of chalk it up to well, he wasn't going to work here or whatever. I like that. Yeah, the rest of it, like you say, you, you've just jettisoned off seven and a half mil or seven mil flat for free. You haven't even had to throw in a pick or anything. It's like, yeah, fuck it, let's, <laughs> let's trade for an old Russian winger who I love, Evgeny Dadnov, part of his powers, great player. And then, you know, putting that money back into Alec Martinez as well and, yeah, two mil for Janmark. Yeah, it just feels a bit like... <laughs> Like if you've got a spare tenner and you just fritt it away on like a bottle of coke and a bag of crisps rather than investigating the stock market like a real grown up, <laughs> like a yeah, they like a real adult. They've they've pissed that seven million dollars away, which and they haven't even brought in any centers. So uh, D minus for the Vegas Golden Knights. I kind of get it though, because if the ask for Eichel was what it is, then just no teams are going to pay it, are they? So Vegas are not going to say, "Yeah, you can have all of these players and all these picks." They're just not going to do it. Nah, the <clears throat> the Eichel thing is is fucked up. It is really fucked up, isn't it? Let's be. It's a huge mess on both sides. It is a huge yeah, mess. It really is. Like I'm. <laughs> I'd argue more of a mess from the Sabre standpoint than the Eichel standpoint, but yeah, the the whole thing is is summarily fucked up and is not going to end well for the Buffalo Sabres, I don't think. Does it ever? The Washington Capitals, the only thing worth talking about... Go on, Ovi. What, give me your hot take on the Ovi deal. <sighs> I... I completely understand all the negative hot takes on it, but I'm definitely one of... I'm a, I'm a subscriber to it's it's fucking Ovi, isn't it? Like what we, oh, we yeah. do not pay Ovi. Yay! Just gonna let him walk. Yeah, we're on the same page then. I was the same, dude. It's fucking Ovi. You can't let him go. He has to. You have to give him a shot to break that record, whatever it costs. <clears throat> yeah, your team might be there dog has... shit. It probably will be dog shit because you can have some bad contracts <clears throat> on this team. But dude, like to to beat Gretzky's goals record in this day and age, like. He needs some. I think like thirty-three goals a season, on average. Until the until the end of that until the end of this deal. I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't either. I don't either. When you get to it now, and he's thirty-five, and you're saying he needs an average thirty-three goals over the next five years, so he gets to forty. I'm then thinking, shit, he's not gonna do it. But fuck it, let's be here for the ride and let's go for it together. Let's all jump in together and try and do it. Absolutely, and I think. Goals record, <coughs> oh excuse me. Goals record aside, like Ovi has still done so much for that franchise since coming there. You know, one of a cup, brought them out of, you know, irrelevancy. Arguably saved the franchise. You could argue. 
yeah, he's the best player in franchise history. How are you not going to... Of, of course I don't like the contract. Of course I don't. But if, every now and again, like, he he is their equivalent of Gretzky. Like, yeah, you've, you've got to... You just gotta fucking pay, and he's and he's still he's still putting goals up. So it's not it's not like he's a fucking ten point a year forward. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. He's, he is still he can still, still shoot. doing it. So yeah, yeah why not? Why yeah. why not? Why not? And then last but not least, the Winnipeg Jets, who didn't really do much. They, uh, uh, I fucking love, I fucking love Riley Nash on seven fifty. I feel that for one year. I think that's a fucking great yeah, good, deal. Good player. Yeah, if good he stays player. fit, I think it's a fantastic signing. And then the two defensive signings, uh, costing them three, sorry, two second round picks for Brendan Dillon and a third round pick for Nate Schmidt. Yeah, that's... If we were to jump back to betting, he got his money back for Nate Schmidt. Fair play to him. You can't knock it. You can't knock it. Um... I like them bringing in Nate Schmidt more than I like Brendan Dillon, but still, considering they did not have an NHL defence last year and now they have a bottom half of the league NHL defence, cool. They kept kept Dylan DeMello around, which is fucking incredible. Oh, yeah. Very, how did, how did very impressive. Not, oh, my God. Yeah, how did Seattle not take Dylan DeMello? That was insane. No He's idea. so good. He's so good. No idea. Um... Yeah. yeah. Cool. The defense the defense looks a lot better with those two players in there now. Like way better. Where where you've effectively turned um Matthew Perot's contract from last year into a top four defenseman. Hey, you can't you can't you can't be too cross at that, can you? No. Exactly. Not not perfect, but unlike some teams, a lot of the teams we've discussed today, uh trending in the right direction, which is more than you can ask for. Yeah. All right, there we go. Jesus Christ, we haven't recorded for this long in a fucking dog's age. I'll say this quickly. Will, any last words? Um, looking forward to being able to do this far more often when I uh, get sacked from my job for recording too long podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Take care, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.